have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror cult. Exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. It's 2016, and welcome to another season of Astro Radio Z. Can you believe this is actually the fourth year that I've been doing Astro Radio Z? Where has the time gone? In four years, I've only done 40 episodes. Can you fucking believe this? That's how slow I am. Well, this year is hoping to prove a little different. I'm going to be doing a lot more episodes than I used to. And we're going to start off this year by talking about something I love, which is The Evil Dead. But this isn't The Evil Dead. This is a TV show called Ash vs. The Evil Dead. We did not get a fourth Evil Dead movie. We got a remake. And then, instead of finally getting the Ash movie that we want to know, we got a 10-part season with Bruce Campbell as an old Ash Williams. So was it worth it? Well, we'll find out. I got a group of people in here that are going to sit here and talk about it tonight. Tonight, I have my partner, Amanda. She's here to sit and talk about some Ash vs. Evil Dead. How are you doing tonight? I'm fine. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm glad that we get to bring you finally on Astro Radio Z. You were on uh, Film Jerks last oh, year that's for right. it was Film yeah for the epic cyborg episode. Yes, that was my first taste at podcasting. Well, do you think uh, this is going to fare you better to finally come on the Big Boys podcast? Well, I suppose so. I don't know if I should say that. That sounds a lot a lot more pompous than I should. This is <laughs> this is like the bottom of the barrel, like a toilet bowl of podcasts. Toilet it's Astro podcast. Radio Z. Thank you, anyways, for yeah, coming on, so, and uh, so thank you for slugging through ten episodes of Ash vs. Evil Dead with me. <laughs> that I will accept your your. Oh, don't ruin it! Don't ruin it already. So, of course, you guys all know this next gentleman. He's been with me this entire run of Astro Radio Z, Mr. Glenn Bittner from the B Movie Bunker. How you doing, sir? I am still alive. That's still all I have to say. Still alive in the wasteland, as they say. Yes. Um, Glenn's actually, since during this time that we've been doing all these episodes, all these 40 episodes of Astro Radio Z over four years, um, if you haven't uh, hinted at my sarcasm about this, um, I'm, I'm saying it outright right now. He actually started doing a podcast of his own. You want to talk to the listeners so they can check it out? Oh, Adventure Party? Yeah. Uh, it's a podcast that we talk about uh, mostly tabletop gaming, uh, board games, card games, role-playing games, stuff like that. Uh, we started it back up in uh, end of March last year. We just recorded episode, I think, 37 uh, last yeah. night. So Yeah, yeah. Way, to, way to dog me. Way to, way to put that knife in and just jab it a little bit more. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't do any editing, so... My part's easy. I come up with a topic to talk about. I review a game. We book a guest if we can, and then I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tend to put a, in every project that I ever get involved in, be it a film, be it uh, this podcast, I end up uh, thinking way too much about it. So we record these two epic two-hour-plus-long episodes. I mean, shit, we have an episode mm. out there that's seven-plus hours long even though it's a combination of a bunch of different episodes. Um, yeah, I tend to to want it to be too perfect, so it does take me a long time to put these out. So I do apologize to the listeners that, that do want a weekly show. I'm going to try and bring that more this year. We'll see. But uh, in the meantime, go check out Adventure Party uh, with Glenn. And who else is on that show, Glenn? Uh, it's, I do it with, with my friend Brad Ludwig. Uh, it's... Uh, through a galactic netcast is, is like a kind of conglomerate bunch of stuff. They do a whole bunch of different podcasts. They got a podcast of terror. They've got a weekly, like a weekly world news type of thing. They do a sci-fi geek club where they just talk about all sorts of nerdy stuff. Uh, they talk about like, there's the alien invasion one where they talk all about alien stuff, movies, books, uh, you know, alien encounters, all that kind of stuff. 
Cool. Yeah. We, it's the same thing we have here with the Tangent Bound Network that uh, Astro Radio Z is a part of. So um, it's great to always have you on, Glenn. Uh, really looking forward to the howling episodes that we're going to do starting Ooh. next week. This will be the third year <laughs> we'll be doing our franchises. And uh, this one proves to be a lot better than <laughs> hopefully than the last few years. Glenn's already given me the sigh of like, no, oh, no, no. I'm just, I, I was going to say like, like, like that's really setting the bar high. <laughs> well, let's just say the, the first movie that we're going to be talking about with the, the franchise episode actually made it to theaters which is a first on our franchise episodes. Yep. So there's, there's, I mean, that's, we're really stepping our game up this year. <laughs> Thanks again for coming on, Glenn. And sitting next to him, he comes on occasionally, or occasionally he'll bring, he'll record me something so I can play him on my show. He's a dude I've known for an awfully long time, Mr. Seth Paulin of CelluloidTerror.com. Sir, how are you doing? Doing good, enjoying uh, sunny, beautiful Baltimore. Before the show, listeners of Astro Radio Z, we go to ask because we're in Wisconsin. If you you are a longtime listener, you know we're in the frigid, frozen tundra of Wisconsin. We asked Seth how the weather was out there in Baltimore, and of course he had to you know kick our dicks in the dirt and remind us that for some reason we live in the, in the Arctic and continue to live here while the rest of the free world actually enjoys their some weather. Place where it's so cold. Don't be kicking my my dick in the dirt with as cold as it'll freeze there. Yeah, yeah, it'll shatter, and then you'll never be able to use it again. So, uh, <laughs> I guess the only thing I got I got on top of uh, Seth at this moment is my Green Bay Packers are still in the playoffs. So at least I can still say that. Mm-hmm. 20, 20 injured reserves. You, I, you know, the whole team was injured. I, you know, you can't overcome that. The four best well, players. The whole team. Well, one of these years, the the Ravens will get back to their glory. I'm sure. Next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that every year. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said at the the beginning of the show, we are going to talk about the new Stars Network series, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, which brings our titular character, Ash Williams, back to fight the deadites that have come, well, basically because Ash wanted to get laid, yeah. so he read uh, the, the Necronomicon all high on, on dope. And brought them all back, and he has to try and and fight them uh, with a group of friends from. Now he's not at Smart. He's at what? What was the what was the store he was working at now? Like Quick Mart or something like that. World or something. Valley World or something. Yeah. So I mean, the story is pretty basic. Uh, the show runs like it's actually a road movie, where Ash and his his two counterparts, um, Pablo. And Kelly just go from place to place every episode and fight uh, Deadites. I was really gung-ho about seeing this, obviously, because I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. Anyone that grew up when we did, it's like one of the main movies that introduced everyone into horror films was the original Evil Dead series. So to hear that they were going to bring Bruce Campbell back to reprise his Ash Williams character and that Sam Raimi was coming in and doing an episode... Um, was very, very exciting. So, before we get it, we break it down and start talking really in-depth into it, was this the remake killer we were kind of hoping it would be, Glenn? What, do you, what did you walk away with this? Were you glad you got this instead of, or was the remake better than this? Am I glad I got this? Not really. I mean, there's there's parts of it that were good. It's, I thought it started off good. And then you've got, like, this next, like, eight episodes yeah. that just kind of, like, drag out everything. They fart around. Yeah, they fart around way yes. too much. And it, it gets too repetitive. Where, you know, I, don't get me wrong, I like I like silly, goofy gore, but it, it can't, you know, I don't want ten episodes of it. Yeah, that was the main problem I had with it, too, is just, like, you have this, let's, let's go to the, that first episode that Raimi did. I'm watch. I'm sitting there watching it, and I was blown away. I was like, "Holy fuck! This is exactly what I wanted when I wanted a new Evil Dead movie." It was like, you see that that remake, super serious. You had pretty C, uh, CW girls and boys. That I mean, it was just it was made for an audience that wasn't me. And then you have 
this first episode where Raimi right out of the bat is just guns a blazing. The humor's there. The visual effects were all there. Uh, Ash is there, the same Ash that we had from Army of Darkness and Evil Dead 2. Essentially the same exact character, even though in this series, obviously because of licensing reasons, they couldn't use any references to uh, Army of Darkness. Which, honestly, when I looked at it, I thought, well, the spirit is still there. And, re- and I, th- I still consider this be part of that canon as well, regardless that they can't use any of the footage or say anything. I think they made little references here and there that tied that in. Um, but that first episode was exactly everything that I wanted out of the remake. And then it got me so anxious for the rest of the series that I should have known better. Seth, what did you end up thinking about that first episode that came out? Uh, the, the first episode was perfect. Uh, you know, Raimi's tone, he didn't lose anything over 25 years of not touching the series. You know, Ash was great, brought the, the shtick back in full force, and the whole thing was really good with the tone. Uh, it had that little bit of dirtiness to it, but in a campy way. It set up what should have been a classic series. It had that, and this was a thing, because I just rewatched Spider-Man with my girls this last weekend, is that one thing that always runs through all of Sam Raimi's stuff is that he has this undercurrent of slapstick. Like yeah. there's always this little element of awkward humor that will will take uh, the momentum of everything and just stop it for a brief moment in time and just make you watch something really mundane that happens to everybody and, and just drags it out to the point where, okay, this is a gag. I under, the, the moment I'm referring to in that first episode is when Ash gets back to the store and he, and the, the manager asks him to take back a bunch of lights uh, to the back room mm-hmm. and he goes to pick them up and he literally crashes every single one of the lights and it just keeps going on and on and he starts stepping on the bulbs and he starts to – and it's just like that's classic Sam Raimi in the midst of – Ash is this totally – he's a coos hound in this in this show, folks. The first, what the hell's a coos hound? He wants, he wants to get some trim. He wants to get in. <gasps> He wants to get laid. The whole first 15 minutes of this show with nothing but Ash trying to get laid. And it's crass. And Some it, tip drills. Oh, it's wonderful. I thought – I was just like – I was laughing my my balls off the entire time when, when he's trying to – he goes into that one bar and picks up that chick with his, his wood hand. And, yeah. and then he starts drilling her in the, in the bathroom. I was dying. I thought it was it was classic. It it was Sam Raimi being crass, but at the same time, it was done in a way that it was mostly it was it was kind of slapstick a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then and then when the Evil Dead came in, it felt like the Evil Dead. Amanda, did you did you feel like this first episode was was really bringing the old Evil Dead vibes? I was super excited after the first episode, and um, I after it was done, I was like, "Yep, this is exactly my favorite." parts of like army of darkness and stuff like that it was just like perfectly kind of campy and and gory and cheesy and goofy all rolled in one um and then you hit the second episode <laughs> <laughs> well and that's that's where i was i was really worried about was that everything shifted it was so obviously not sam raimi oh 100 percent. well it was sam raimi light it was like roundies you yeah. know, bootleg Sam Raimi yeah. for the rest of the time. And here you have this first episode where they're setting up all these characters. Yeah, super powerful, super awesome visually. and Yeah, no, and it was, it was perfectly timed. Sam Raimi hadn't lost a single beat. Now, let's get to all these characters they set up in, this, in this first episode. Jill Marie Jones uh, as Amanda Fisher. And uh, she is set up as as if she's going to be this really big, integral part to this show. Yeah. And then you have Lucy Lawless as Ruby Noby, who is the sister of one of uh, the characters from the original series. She's also set up as this mysterious character that you think is going to play this huge part. And neither of these characters pan out to be... A hill of bullshit. Much of anything. Anything. So it, when, after this first episode, as Glenn said, I agree, this series goes nowhere. Nowhere. It was obnoxious to me to watch. 
Well, you were really annoyed by it as we were watching it. I was giving it more a benefit of doubt because there were moments where it was still kind of goofy and still kind of fun. Is that once the series went from 40 minutes, which were those first two episodes, to 20, 25 minutes, it cut the balls off of that show completely. Yeah. Did you feel it got way too shallow at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just there's part of me that would like to just see like an edited version of, of it in one cut. Yeah, you know, of, of cut out a few things here and there. Let let Raimi take it and just edit the fuck out of it, and make it like a two-hour movie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And see There's what that way is. Way too much fill. Way too it's much. So yeah. So many throwaway characters throughout the ten episodes. Yes. Yes. Every episode, yes. just throwaway characters. Every single other than Pablo, Kelly, and Ash, none of those characters panned out to be no. anything, especially yeah. um, the Amanda character. I mean, Jill Marie Jones. This, this is this could have been a breakout role for her. She could have there could have been something really great for her. And her character turns out to be the most pointless character I've seen in anything in yeah. a long time. Pablo, to me, palatable. I mean, Ash stands alone. Obviously, he's the figurehead of the show. Yeah. I liked his character. I felt like it was pretty seamless to the movies. Pablo, palatable. Kelly. Goodbye. Just the most obnoxious human being on the face of the earth. I felt like her acting skills were subpar at best as well. Well, she had moments I thought were good, but she's basically set up. Bleeding. Well, she's basically set up as the cock tease of the show. Yeah. Well, and frankly, she's not even that good looking. Oh, whatever. She she's good looking. There's no 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 about that. I'm not saying she's not good looking, but it's not like she's a. I don't think she's a ten. Wow, that's harsh. A girl closet like she sees. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Newsflash: <laughs> Astro Radio Z is gonna get real, folks. Yeah. 2016, the the gloves come off. I think I think what detracts from her physical appearance to me is this terrible acting. Like, uh, just there, there's something you, about her character that rubs me the wrong do way. Do you think that was the acting, or do you think that was the script? The acting. There's something about well, and the I don't know. It's all mixed in one. Ugh. Well, let's, let's let's go to the yeah. to the main characters here. Um, let's let's just start with Ash. Um, Glenn, you think uh, Bruce Campbell really brought it with the series? You think you think that was that was the Ash that we had been looking for? I think this is the Ash I was expecting for a you know a really pushing the the upper end of middle age. Uh, yeah, with Ash. <laughs> I, I like his his smarm was I think spot on. He needs to have that that cockiness without a lot of ability to back it up. Yeah, Where no, and they really played they really played that out in the series yeah, too. I mean, I mean, Ash is not he's not really good at anything. He's able to stay there and keep taking it and taking it and taking it until eventually <laughs> something good happens for him. Right. And he dumb lucks into winning. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, it's just that well, basically he, he just he wears he wears all the bad guys by letting them beat the shit out of him. <laughs> That's because Sam Raimi loves beating the shit out of him so much. He never, he never let him get possessed by anything, except for his arm. Well, well, we'll get to that later in this show. Uh, Seth, what'd you think about uh, Bruce Campbell? Uh, yeah, I thought Bruce was fine. You know, I thought he was really the the highlight of the whole show, as he should have been. Uh, he was funny throughout for me, with his kind of clueless cockiness. Right. And uh, the shtick that he's brought into everything that he does now it still works for me. Yeah, I thought every instance that he wasn't on the screen was wasted. I think it, the, every time he was on screen, the show worked and it yeah. was fun. Every time they, they went to the side stories with any of the side characters, to, to the Amanda character, to the Ruby character – Kelly. Wasted. Well, no. <laughs> the only other character that I thought was even remotely as as good was Ray Santiago. Was Pablo? Oh. I thought. I mean, let's go around. Amanda, what did you? you Ash did Ash work for you? Basically? Oh yeah, oh absolutely. But I I've always liked like just this kind of like uh, subliminally suave, cocky idiot, idiot who, like I said, dumb lucks into everything and just. All he cares about is doing tip drills and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and 
you know, fighting evil. Man, we sound awful. We sound like we we just got done smoking, smoking a pack of, of Lucky fire. Strike filterless. Yeah. That's what I, <clears throat> when I started smoking when I was, <clears throat> as a side note, when I started smoking when I was about 17, that's what I smoked. Un- Lucky Strike? Un- unfiltered Lucky Strike. Oh, God damn. I think it was brand recognition. My uncle smoked. Well, dude, my, I had a, a roommate in college, my bud Ethan. He that's he smoked it because he thought he was a hard ass. He's like, dude, this is what all the hard asses smoke. Lucky Strike filterless. I'm a badass. I'm a guitarist, blah, blah, blah. Anyways. No, we just have colds. No, he's a goober. Yeah, we have colds. But, uh, yeah, no, Ash, I agree with you guys across the yeah. board. I think Ash really brought it. I thought uh, Ash or Bruce Campbell, he was the highlight of this show, and that's there why it's called con- Ash vs. Evil Dead. And there was continuity to his character throughout the entire yeah. series, which well, I did not find in any in Kelly, and I hate well, to she wasn't part, on her. Well, she wasn't... I mean, you had history with Bruce Campbell because well, of the films. True. This is true. And so, I mean, there was... there was, Before you even started... With the show, you already yeah. you already knew you already he was already there for you. So so let's go to the next like character. Pablo, yeah, yeah Pablo. The th- we'll just go through the first three characters. Pablo, um, which to me, other than Bruce Campbell, was the only relatable fun yes. character in the yes. entire series. That's what you think? Yep, I do. Um, Glenn. Yeah, and he basically is like his sidekick. It's yeah, Bruce yeah. Campbell's I, sidekick. I, he's he's I think he's gonna uh, the sidekick, and uh, I like that he's. He looks up to Ash quite a bit, you know. He kind of idolizes because you know Ash is like that, you know, that talks a big game, and and Pablo kind of laps that up a bit. Um, they set that up from the first episode. Yeah, yeah they set it up from yeah. the first episode. Yeah. Up really well, right away. But I also like that he keeps Ash a bit grounded too. Well, because uh, I think you know it's the adoration that that uh, Ash has always wanted, and he's never gotten, and uh, I think he wants to try and kind of play a, a father character a little bit to him, you know? Like, he feels like this this kid is looking up to him, and he wants to try and impart some sort of wisdom and, and uh, have an actual friendship with somebody beyond himself. Um, but at the same time, he still wants to seem like this suave, you know, coos hound that's out there <laughs> trying to get, get laid all the time. Seth? Pablo? Super relatable, kind of nice guy finished last character. Uh, definitely the kind of guy that would look up to Ash that uh, Ash could buy into taking care of. So uh, I liked him. Uh, good performances from him too. Yeah. Fun, fun guy. He was actually really funny. That was that was the thing is he was the only other character and I thought in the sh- series that actually could hold the comedic candle to mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell where the rest of them just didn't do anything for me. Like, yeah. like Seth, how did you feel? We already know Amanda's. <laughs> Thoughts on on the Kelly character? <laughs> Unrelatable, just drives me crazy. Yeah, we got it. You don't think she's a Ted? You think that she's you know she's not much of anything? I uh, think it's I think it's her whole persona within within that character that detracts from me physically and emotionally. Like I just can't get into her. Well, she's also you know for, right from the get go, she's portrayed as you know the unattainable hot chick. Yeah. Like right. Ash, Ash is wanting her. Pablo yeah. wants her. And that's and she, my point. Like, come on, girl, you ain't got to go on that Oh my gosh, that you are, you're getting a little over dramatic about this <laughs> But uh, she's she is the the girl that everybody wants in this show, and she you know unwillingly is uh, thrust into this journey with them as as the third wheel. Yeah. Essentially, uh, Seth, what did you think of the Calais character? She was all right. Uh, her arc throughout the show is really predictable. Her acting didn't bother me, and even if she's not a 10, I still thought she was an attractive kind of bitchy girl like that. But uh, especially her uh, her shotgun weed smoking scene. Oh, that was a great no, scene. That no. was a great scene. No. <laughs> I, you know, I, she it could have been anybody in that role. She was nothing special. Uh, the actress, I don't know her name. Uh, the actress was nothing special, but the character was predictable in a comfortable way. Yeah, someone, and that's what was obnoxious to me is that it was so predictable. But mm-hmm. but it's Ash. It's it's an Evil Dead show. So there, I mean, really, Evil Dead. I, that was one of the main things when I'd read stuff that people would post online about it, and I'd get in conversations as because this is the first show in years that I actually watched week to week. I haven't done that. And I could even tell you how long, probably since the 90s, since I watched a show week to week. And uh, 
that was the one thing that kept coming up was well you know this it's the evil dead there's no, it's always light on story and it's more about the the goofiness and and the gore and uh don't the characters really were all super shallow and blah 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 but i'm like well but now a series kind of makes you focus on story cuz it's the only thing that's supposed to propel this from week to week and uh Dana DiLorenzo who's the Kelly character she really was the weak link to me of the the three and i i agree with Seth i think i, I think you know she served her purpose it, it, but toward the end of the series i really just like I really hated when she came up and was like focused on Glenn. What did you end up thinking of her character toward the end? I mean, I I don't have a big problem with her. A little wasted, I think, uh, opportunity with it. But I almost feel they'd have been better served just having Ash and Pablo. I agree. You can cut her completely, and that's it. And I think that goes back to what you had said before, Glenn, is that I think in general, and I've said this since, especially since seeing the entire series now, is that this would have been suited either as a four-part miniseries or uh, as the fourth film and cut this all this filler out, including these yeah. uh, extraneous characters that just had nothing to do with anything um, and just really focusing – and I agree. I think I, uh, that's a great idea. Just have it be Ray, uh, Ray and Bruce being the two main characters. And have it be a buddy movie. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been so better served. Now, can we all say that the Amanda character was ultimately a pointless character? And that's the cop. Yeah. The the yeah. cop. Yeah. Yeah. Frankly, the way that they were introduced to her, to, like the way that you're introduced to her in the first episode, like. You think she's going to be this huge character? Yeah, well, and not only that, but all of a sudden they're just like, comes out of nowhere. What do you mean? At the end, all of, she's just, in, they're just in this house, or was that the beginning of the second episode? <clears throat> I can't recall. No, no, well, no. And her but, partner turns into a deadite, but I, I don't. No, no, that was set up as, as the secondary um, plot, was that she is this cop and then her. her yeah. Her um, partner gets turned into yeah. a deadite, and then she goes on this journey yeah. to figure out what's going on. But aren't they just in a house somewhere? I don't recall. Well, she's on a case. They... Yeah, I know, but like, where's the tie between Ash unlocking the Necronomicon and his trailer releasing all these deadites or whatever? Like, then to these two cops being like, I just didn't. It was. It, it was like... happening everywhere. That's what the tie was. Was that this know. was happening everywhere, and she was on a case in which. And that one episode is supposed to imply that. Well, yeah. Like, why that's didn't what... it just show deadites all over the damn place? Well, that's what that was supposed to illustrate. Was supposed that it wasn't? Well, yeah. Well, and then and then he when Ash goes to work, <clears throat> and then the dead, then the the evil spirit is following. <clears throat> Ash into the store and then gets yeah, the, the, well, the bo- yeah, but then, then the, but there's the tie. It's following Ash. But it's not just following Ash. It was it was explicitly stated that it it was it was unleashed upon the world. It wasn't just a, a localized thing like in the original Evil Dead series. Oh, I see. Maybe I missed. That. I think you missed. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Lucy Lawless, who pre-show was really built up. And, you know, this was her triumphant comeback to television. Oh, see, and I didn't see any of the pre Oh, yeah. So. so, so Glenn, do you think this was her triumphant comeback <laughs> to television? Oh, my God. No. I, <laughs> if, if they wasted anything, they wasted her. Oh, my God, what a waste of Lucy Lawless. Yeah, and don't uh, don't feel bad about spoiling what ends up happening toward the end, too, because she's essentially only in this show for, like, four episodes, three yeah. or four episodes. And and her playing what uh, you know the dark one is that it? Yeah, I think the evil yeah, yeah. one or the dark evil, one. Yeah, yeah, the dark one. You know who wrote the book and ah, just no. I just yes. I don't know why you had to have that. It, it, yeah. You know why? Just have the like the deadites and you know that evil out in the woods isn't enough. <laughs> you have to have. Well, you have to have her. well it's <laughs> also like uh, let's just. Let's just go into the main plot of of the thing is that, you know, after they unleash the the deadites, uh, it's basically a road movie where Ro- where Bruce Ray and uh, Dana are trying to figure out, you know, how to get rid of the evil and what they got to do with the book. And this goes on until episode eight when they go back to the cabin. So to me, 
Um, and Seth, do you, I, I'd love to hear if you agree with this. To me, you go from episode one, get rid of the rest of the episodes, and then go straight to episode eight. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think uh, basically every episode without Lucy Lawless could have just been thrown away. But even her character is – it's so just half-assed. Like, uh, they wrote her with just the uh, intention to uh, heel-turn her yeah, is in yeah. pro wrestling talk. But, you know, um, like, surprise, she's the evil one. Okay, she wrote the book and is in control of all this evil, but she's nothing special. You know, even in the last episode, she's just easily bargained with or defeated, you know? I mean – well, and she's sitting down the entire episode. Right. I don't know, um, but yeah, the like the the middle five episodes could have just been thrown away. It was just absolutely. An excuse for, it just an excuse for more uh, deadites being killed because that's all that happens. No, it was just all filler. It was absolutely yeah. all filler. Five to ten minutes of all the episodes, I went, ah, this is fun, but it's pointless. So, you know, in the long run, if I like ever own the season, I'll probably just skip the middle chunk and you know, I don't know. I really don't know if I would ever revisit this. No, I wouldn't. Well, the first episode I, I've watched. Yeah, I've I've watched the first episode a couple times because it's just it's classic Sam Raimi Evil Dead. It's perfect. And and once you get to that eighth episode where they go back to the cabin, the eighth episode, I was like, damn. This is where they should have went right off the bat. Yeah. It, it took too long to get there. It well, took it, way too long to get there. And it was good. Right. I thought the even episode was like, oh, there's tension. This is a horror movie again. It's taking chances. Nobody's safe. I'm like, this is this is good. And then the next two episodes pissed that away on poor writing and padding. Yeah, I think uh, I mean, that's a good point that in episode eight, you know, really gave the point that nobody was safe. Well, yeah, I loved four it. Four or five episodes, you know, you know, the main trilogy or the main trio was getting out okay. So yeah, so it was basically a bunch of red shirts, all, yeah. all surrounding, uh, you know, the th- the main three for six, seven episodes. You know, it was just it was just totally pointless. So, um, what did you boys? How did you boys feel about? the the finale like the the last three episodes back in the cabin uh the the way they rounded out the story i like how it started out when he when he got back to the cabin just seeing the cabin was cool but immediately it's just i don't know it one i think it was too much time spent in the fucking cabin at the end when you get to three episodes i mean i like the little glimpses back he would have you know with with the cellar and all that stuff and and I did like the little thing out in the tool shed, uh, yeah, with his girlfriend's head. But again, that was really good. That was really good. But then the whole thing in the basement with Lucy Lawless, I'm just like, ah, you know, I just don't give a shit. All the all the demons popping out are little kids. Uh, wow, I hated hated that. They yes. gotta like what pop out and then what they so they, they can grow up later. What I don't understand. Yeah. I didn't I didn't understand what they were going for there either. It reminded me of the remake. It reminded me of the spirit in the woods from the remake. I try to forget the remake. Yeah, I try to forget it, but I, I can't. It's I've seen it. It's uh, it, it's in me now. So it's it's there, and now it's it's part of the universe. And the little kid reminded me of the spirit that ill-guided. We need to show the Sadako uh, spirit in the woods from the remake. It looked it, it, the same design and everything. I think if anything in the series made me roll my eyes, it was those kids, the kid demons at the end, more than anything. It just did not fit. It doesn't fit the Evil Dead that this wants to go back to. I, did you guys happen to check out, as the series went along, they had the behind-the-scenes featurettes after every episode? No, I didn't watch them. I didn't did, watch them. Did you, oh, man, we watched them. Yeah, they weren't that great. And, boy, the executive producer sure likes to smell his own farts. <laughs> <Big time. laughs> That's all I got to say. He seems like a nice dude, but, man, he was so – he was the only one that talked. Real fart sniffer. Oh, real fart sniffer. Real big fart sniffer, this guy. And um, I th- really do believe that they just thought that they were, you know, they were a bunch of fans that were getting to play with a, a yeah. property, you know, as opposed to really constructing a piece of canon here that was going to equal um, what had come before it. Uh, you know, Ramey and Bruce, they got their – they got their uh, TV series money. They got work for a while, 
and uh, that's that's what they were looking for. They were lo- they were looking for more of a paycheck than than anything, but it's unfortunate. And I hate talking like that because I have I have friends that really believe that that that's all they're after right now. So so they could care less whether or not this was actually a quality product. But Bruce looked like he was going for it the entire series, yeah. you know. So yeah, yeah. and for a TV series. It was gratuitously violent. Yeah, I'm just super violent, yeah. super messy and gory, and I'm surprised with some what they the, got away with. To be honest, some of the CGI lost me a bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The CGI was a bit much. Glenn, how did you feel about those effects? I've never, I'm never a fan of CGI when it comes to horror. Generally, about the only time I, I, I'll, I'll take it is if it's something that just in no way could be done with a practical effect. But I don't. I hate CG gore. Absolutely despise it. I Me don't. Too. I don't generally like CG uh, monsters or demons or anything like that because, dude, I like the mm-hmm. costumes. The costumes. It's like, yeah, you can. A lot of times you can tell it's a costume, but it still has physical presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. I mean, if if I saw a dude in uh, the Henrietta costume, you know, if I saw that someone in the Henrietta costume walking down an alley towards me. I'd freak the fuck out. If I saw something that looked like it came out of, you know, out of out of someone's, you know, computer, I'd be like, oh, that's just someone broadcasting an image that's not scary as shit. So what did you think about uh, I think it was in either episode three or episode four, um, they they resurrect or, or they summon a demon um, from the bookstore. Uh, yeah. They get this this rube to to sit and he claims he could read the book. To be able to help them, you know, banish the deadites, and they resurrect this this demon that looked like it came out of Pan's labyrinth. Um, yeah. I I I thought, you know, the design design was cool, and the the digital effect they put on him was really cool. Did you guys happen to dig that character at all? I loved that monster. I just don't think they did anything with him. Yeah, uh, he comes back later, but then he's gone. But he really, really cool design in the uh, digital effect. The shaking head was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was really, really intricate. And I thought that was like, okay, well, here's what they're going to do. They're going to start showing us more of yeah. uh, the other world, finally. And yeah, been, uh, five episodes to dig into the other world would have been nice. But such is life. Such is life. Instead, it's just a bunch of dudes going yeah. from place to place, yeah. blowing up the same kind of creatures that are oh, telling that they're going to swallow their soul oh, and they get their face. Yeah, yeah. So, but that seems to be the the consensus. So, uh, instead of us going on and on and on about, but let's give let's go ahead and 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 wrap this up and and just say our piece about it, Glenn. Ultimately, you you seem to think that you know what you could have just cut out the entire middle section of the show, and just uh, had had a good two hour movie. You want to give yeah. your final thoughts? So on a scale of one to ten, this is uh, it's it's it it starts off feeling like the old Evil Dead man, you know, and I'm like awesome, I'm I'm getting ready for a ride. Yeah. And twenty minutes into the movie. Some asshat like gets on his phone and just starts having a loud ass conversation, which distracts me from everything for the next forty five fucking minutes. Then I get to the end and I'm like, great, they're back at the cabin. This is great. And then all of a sudden it's like they cut that scene out and they start showing me trailers for some other fucking. Let's just talk about the next paranormal movie activity. Yeah, let's just talk about some other shit. It's like it's this middle chunk that's completely fucking useless, and an end that just doesn't work at all for me. It's like it starts off thinking you're thinking you're gonna you're gonna get a great ending. You think you're gonna have an ending to match that beginning. But it's just they're just pissing down your leg, man. They're telling yeah, you it's well, raining, but they're just pissing down your leg. Yeah, I agree. Let's let's talk about how the the series actually end ends. Was that like the most non ending to a show you've ever seen? Ever for a show that I don't believe deserves a second season because oh, I don't was a, really was a, know was what they ending, can do. Ending written by people who are sucking their own dick so much that they're just positive they're having another season. <laughs> I just I couldn't I was flabbergasted. It was the most non-ending because ultimately, in spoilers, if you know we've already spoiled a bunch of it, but I mean if you really haven't seen this final episode and you 
you uh, want to save it, I mean, skip the next couple minutes here while we, we talk about it. But ultimately, uh, ding, 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 there we go. Skip from here on out. Um, ultimately, Ash just strikes a deal, and then they drive away. That's the fucking end of this series. Well, like, obviously they set it up because they've got the sinkholes coming and all this. Yeah. But why the fuck? So dumb. But why the fuck would I be oh interested in watching another oh, series if they're gonna? That's the setup. Yeah, if they're gonna flaffle on that fucking ending like that, I don't give a fuck what happens yeah, after that point, do. Seth. We don't need ten more episodes in Tampa or Jacksonville or whatever shithole city he's going to. <laughs> Oh God! I, that was so obnoxious. That the whole, you know, fascination with Jackson, uh, Jacksonville. I, I was just like, okay, this is really pandering right now. And I, I, I thought it was like the one part of the series where I was like, felt a little insulted that this was included. It was continuing to go on. Yeah, it just like when it popped up at the end there, I'm like, oh my God, this is this is just insufferable. Dead lights on the beach, yay. You know? Yeah, yeah that's that's my general thoughts. I don't need ten more episodes of it. Nope. I don't need, Do you, I don't need two more episodes of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we, yeah, we could have wrapped it up in four episodes and it would have been cool, but. If they wrapped it in four episodes, it would have just been solid, and you'd been like, shit, yeah. I want more. I want more. Whoa. But instead, you have ten episodes that are so watered down that they're just disinterested. You have one fucking kick-ass episode to open it, and then nine watered-down hunks of shit that end poorly. I will still say episode eight. Is, number one oh. and eight are good episodes. Like eight, even though it was rainy light, Mm-hmm. It was still like it finally brought back the Evil Dead feeling I got from the first episode. Well, it, it's the one where he has a conversation with his girlfriend, right? Yeah, the eight? one you you yeah, talked yeah. about. Yeah, where he goes back into the the cabin or yeah. back into the work shed, and his ex girlfriend's head's still in the vice, mm-hmm. and they have that conversation. It's great. I think I missed that episode. You did miss that, that episode. You watched one one or two episodes without me. Oh, I loved it. Well, I, I thought was that at work. Yeah, I thought that <laughs> it was so good. It was like I got excited again. I'm like, oh fuck, this this show's gonna end. On a really high note, this is going to be great. No, they f- fart in the wind. The last two episodes wind were just fart. wind fart all the way. So, so Glenn, no no further episodes for you. You're, you're done with the series. I say I'm done. <laughs> I, 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 know, I know me. If they make more, I'll end up watching them. But because, you know, I, I like slamming my dick in car doors, apparently. Well, I'm the same way, man. Because I halfway through the series, once I got to, I think – when the series got to um, the militant base, um, I, I was just like, this is the worst shit ever. And I was like, I'm done. I'm absolutely done. But because it's Evil Dead, I continued to watch it and watched it all the way through. Mm-hmm. And um, after that last episode, I got to say, I really don't know if I want to watch any more of this. It no, was. I'll pass. Well, I know you'll yeah. pass. You were checked out after the first episode. I wouldn't go that far. I gave it my. I gave it a college try. I genuinely tried to get into it, and there were fleeting moments that piqued my interest. But on a whole, I well, whatever. <laughs> well, I saw toward the end you were really <coughs> yeah. having a tough time sitting yeah. with me watching it while I was trying to give it my college go and I trying know. to give it the chance. You know, oh hey, this is gonna be good. Don't don't, sh- don't dog it too much because she was really snarking on it pretty hard <laughs> for the last couple episodes. I'm like, I'm like, sh- let me let me take this in. I gotta give it a chance. It's Evil Dead, and no, it was a it was a total pile of dog shit toward the end. So I'm I'm with you guys wholeheartedly. If you are going to watch this show, and this is what I told uh, former Astro Radio Z host Corey J. Udler, because um, he he ended up watching the series as well. I'm like, dude, watch the first episode, skip to episode eight, <laughs> and then that's it. The rest of the series can just go take a hike. It's nothing but filler. If you're looking for just brainless, airy violence with no story and um, – Bruce Campbell just spewing a few one-liners every episode. If that's all you're looking for, here you go. This is this is the homogenized cheese of Evil Dead, um, <laughs> you know, media. It, it really is. But if you're looking, if you got excited by that first episode and were like, "Holy fuck, 
this is everything that I wanted out of a fourth Evil Dead movie, like I did. Just watch that first episode. So Ash vs. the Evil Dead, uh, Astro Radio is a big... It's really disappointing. Will I say it's better than... Oh, here's a better question for my crew. Ash vs. Evil Dead versus the remake, Glenn, go. Which one? <laughs> I'd probably go with the series because I at least get real Ash. <laughs> I mean, it's it's way too drawn out, but I, I at least get Ash and I at least get moments of, of Raimi, you know, classic Raimi. Yeah. Agreed. Seth? Uh, the series, easily. Uh, Bruce mm. Campbell as Ash beating up Deadites is enough to get me to sit through ten episodes and probably ten more. And bitch about him. Oh my him. gosh. To bitch about him. I mean, it, the five minutes of entertainment of the, the Deadite action is enough to get me to sit through the half hour, so well, I'm a sucker for it. Yeah, that's what I seem to, to get from a lot of people. Uh, my bud, Dustin Mills, that's what uh, sustained him. I was talking to him about it, and he was just like, yeah, you know, yeah, it is what it is. As long as I get to see some gore and and uh, some deadites and uh, some hot chicks, uh, I'm good. That's yeah, all. That's all matters. Has to sit through it, so you know, it's a great he's character. For hot chicks, he's looking in the wrong. Oh wow! <laughs> Everyone's a critic. I'm joking. Oh. I told you, it's it's my thought on her is yours as David Bowie. Not that great. I don't really get what people are so crazy about. That's not that what not I bad. said. That's not what I said at all. I said I like David Bowie. Just not something I'm super into. Yeah, I think she's attractive. I don't think she's super attractive. Okay, so. there it is. There it is, folks. I honestly think you could have made a, a real fourth movie. Just gave you know Sam Raimi the money to. He already made 40 minutes of a movie. Yeah. Give let him finish it. You should have just let him finish it. Yeah. Had Evil Dead four. And we would have had it. That would have been a better solution. As of right now, we have ten watered down episodes, yeah. and that there it is. So Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, I will. I personally won't be looking forward to another season because I don't think they could sustain it unless they really took it and went off the rails. And how safe they played it with this one, I I really don't think they'll have the balls. I don't see that coming. I really don't see that coming. So I would just say if you're gonna watch it, just watch that first episode and then. Uh, Bask in it, because it's the last you'll probably ever see Sam Raimi touch the Evil Dead ever, ever again. You think? Yeah. Why? Why well, would he? What, yeah. What incentive really is? There? Yeah, I don't think there's any incentive for him to do anything else. So, so that's it, folks. Ash vs. Evil Dead, Astro Radio Z. Uh, next episode, we're gonna come on. We're gonna start our talks about the Howling series. Oh, oh Howling one, two, and three. We're gonna bring on Howling one, Howling two. My sister is a werewolf. And Howling 3, the marsupials. Which I was recently exposed. Oh, you were definitely exposed to the marsupials, that's for sure. So tune in next week for the Howling uh, marsupials episode. I'm sure it'll just become a marsupials episode after a while. <laughs> um, but uh, <coughs> until then, uh, let's go down the line and tell everybody where we can find each other. Glenn, where can the fine listeners of Astro Radio Z find your wares? Uh, you can find me on Facebook with the B-Movie Bunker and Naked Over Productions. Same thing on YouTube, B-Movie Bunker, Naked Over Productions. Also, uh, Galactic Netcasts, uh, GNcast.com for the adventure party, or just follow me on Twitter at Naked Hobo. And Seth, go for it. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, at Celluloid Terror, uh, DVD, movie reviews, stuff like that. All sorts of fun. Horror and cult film talk. It's good stuff. So good. I put a poll quote on uh, from his website on our new movie, Hole in the Wall. Oh, Love yes, that quote. Did. Love that quote, man. Love it. So awesome. And Amanda, do you want to be found? No. And there you go, folks. You can't find Amanda. You can only find her here on Astro Radio Z, the podcast. So me, obviously, I'm Derek Carey. Uh, you can find Astro Radio Z now on YouTube. I've uploaded all of the back catalog episodes of Astro Radio Z, Film Jerks, and the Stoogecast on the Astro Radio Z YouTube page. If you go over to YouTube and uh, subscribe to the channel, I will be uploading all of the new episodes to that as well, along with, obviously, our podcast feed, our RSS feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Smart Radio, TuneIn, uh, Spreaker, and all the other wonderful places you can find podcasts. So, until then... Thank you for listening, and happy 2016, folks. See you later.